many of us as believers fail to fulfill our ministry and reach our goals for the same reason. Fog has caused us to lose our motivation. The fog of problems, the fog obscuring our view of what the goal is. listening to Treasure Truth with pastor and author James Ford Jr., senior pastor of Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad you've joined us as today we continue to look at Hebrews chapter 11 and what do we do when things don't go our way. I think a lot of us may have a goal. We feel like God has given us some sort of vision. But for one reason or another, as Pastor Ford points out, maybe it's, it's fog in our lives has caused us to lose our motivation. We can't clearly see that finish line or how the goal is going to work out. And so often I think God challenges us in our faith by not showing us clearly what that finish line is. He simply says, take the next step. He may reveal that. And once we take that step, he'll reveal what the next step is. And so very often the Christian life becomes a journey of taking one step of faith after another. That is how our faith grows, and that is how we maintain our motivation. Well, let's look at this a little bit deeper in today's broadcast as we uh, again open our Bibles to Hebrews 11 and continue the message, When Things Don't Go My Way. Here's Pastor Ford. He says, uh, second thing that we need to do is to keep the goal in sight. So it's principles that we're talking about. We're pulling out the principles. Listen to what he says in 13b. These all died in faith not having received the promises. That is, they kept trusting God. But having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them. Stop. Here's the second principle in this passage. What he's saying is they were able, when things didn't go their way, they were able to negotiate it because they kept the goal in sight. Tell your neighbor, say neighbor, keep your eyes on the prize. That's what they did. Now, if you look at it, uh, the first principle focuses in on the person of Christ. The second principle focuses in on the promises of Christ. Martin Luther King Jr., Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said this, a dream deferred is not a dream denied. So you got to keep the goal in sight. Let, let me just say this. 20 years ago, I switched my life verse. I switched from 2 Kings to... Uh, Philippians 3.10. Anybody got that memorized? That's a good one to memorize. What's it say, Elder? Okay, I got it memorized, but I forgot. All right, Elder, I got you. I know because I have them senior moments too. He says, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. Now get this, get this. We talk about that all the time. What, what, what is Paul saying? He's been a Christian for over 25 years. He's one of the greatest Christians that ever lived. If anybody could put an S on their chest, Paul could, but he never would. And so what does he say? After 25 years of serving him, of planting churches, of, of leading people to Christ, of raising the dead, of healing the sick, what is your goal? Let me tell you what my goal is. I'm not focusing in on the immediate goal because I want to be 
faithful and finish my course. But ultimately, I have my eye on the prize. It's the Lord Jesus Christ, that I may know him, the person of Christ, and then the power of his resurrection, the power of Christ, then the fellowship of his suffering, the persecution of Christ, being made conformable unto his death. Paul, what is your goal in life? My goal is to know Jesus and him alone, because in him I live and move and have my being, and apart from him, I can do nothing. So I want the person, I want the power, I want the persecution, and I want the passion of the Lord Jesus. Jesus Christ. That's my goal. Now, I know what you're saying. I know what you're thinking. I ain't Paul. And I have some other goals too. Okay, let me, let me, let me, let me bring it to you. Then what are they saying? They were able to see afar off. Now, you need to know he's not talking about eyesight. He's talking about insight. How do you see Pastor Roberts? what you cannot see. How do you see what you cannot see? So remember, Annie Crosby was asked, you remember, she's blind. She wrote over 300 hymns of the church. What a friend we have in Jesus. She wrote that. They said, is there anything worse than having no sight? She said, yes, there is. And they said, what's that? You know what she said? Having sight but no vision. That's right. And so what are you talking about? They had a vision. They had a vision. Do you have a vision of what God has promised you? Wow. You know, uh, I haven't always lived where I live. I haven't always driven what I drive. And I haven't always worn what I'm wearing. And I remember one of the hoopties I had was a blue Plymouth. And uh, when I would first come to church, they used to sell drugs on the corner right here, and uh, they would scatter when they saw me pull in because they thought I was Popo because I wear my hat, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And one, I remember, I remember one time the ladies had a had a had a meeting, and it was a Saturday. They were coming out, and I was pulling in, and uh, they were in. A, this was the parking lot then, and so they started laughing at my car. Then I got out and put on the burglar alarm. And they start cracking up. They say, Pastor, man, you on that raggedy car, you got the nerve. Who would want to steal that car? And they all start cracking. They all start laughing. So I just said, well, you know, I buy what I can afford according to what y'all pay me. They stopped laughing. But, but I share that because it was a hoopty. And it was funny because I laughed too. So this is one of those cars, you know, like they, like uh, uh, Steve Harvey used to do this thing, 10 reasons why and all that. He did this, 10, 10 ways to know you're driving a hoopty. And one of the ways you know you're driving a hoopty is when someone else who's not driving have to help you with the driving. So my wife and I, we were on our way up exchange and was pouring down raining. And the only windshield wiper that worked was the one on my side. So the one on her side wasn't working. She said to me, honey, I said, what, baby? She said, I can't see. I can't see a thing. To which I replied, that's okay, sugar babe, because you ain't driving. You don't need to see. Then she said, well, I want to see. I said, well, the only way that's going to happen, if you roll down the window, <laughs> stick your arm out, grab that 
windshield wiper and work it. Now, you know, the boys do it when they're in here. You know, and, you know, I have to tell them, hey, there's mud on that side. Come on. Well, you know, so, <laughs> so, we're, so we're going up in this hoopty. And, and so uh, this is about maybe 14 years ago, 10 years ago. But Lake Point Towers is the condominiums right around uh, the golf course. And I said to her, I said, Sugar Babe, what do you see? Now, let me just set this up. Here's what was going on. Anybody remember when that was just a vacant lot? Okay, it was just a vacant lot. But then when they decided they were going to build condos on it, they had a big sign, Lake Point Condominiums. And then the sign under it said, 50% sold. Now, I want you to think about that. There's nothing there but an empty lot. But 50% of the people who are going to live there put their money down to purchase something that wasn't there yet. Are you with me? Or am I by myself? That these were individuals who were not looking by eyesight, but by insight. And so I asked her what she saw over there. You know what she said to me? What? You mean that mess over there? And then I thought about it and I contrasted it. I, I said, you know what? My wife didn't see the sign that said 50% sold. See, she saw a mess. They saw a building. She saw an empty lot. They saw a condo. She saw dirt and rock. They saw home. See, my wife was looking at what was, but they were focusing on what will be. I, if I could get just the leadership to focus on the fact that my wife was looking around, but they were looking ahead. If we could get individuals in this church to begin to see by vision, to exercise faith and put down your money, your time, your service, and not what is right now, but what God is able to do because we keep our eyes on the prize. Where are the people of vision? Where are the people who see the rest of the choir stand filled up? Where are the people who see the horns and the strings where are the people who see ministry in here that, that more than what we're doing? Who, where are the people who see uh, getting some of these houses, rehabbing them, putting members in it who lost their job or lost their home? Who sees the domestic violence ministries that we have where women and children who are afraid of men who are nothing but a bunch of punks anyway. Anybody who hit a woman is a punk. And so where are those who say, yes, look at all these kids going to hell. We need to mentor them. We need to open up. We need a community life center where those kids can come every day, have a safe heaven, play basketball, learn how to get a job, learn how to put their pants up. Where the people say, I'm not satisfied with where we are. And I'm not looking at a recession, a depression, or any other action. But I'm ready. To take this place by storm. Why? That's why God put us here. That's why he put us here. We up here, we messing with Penny Annie stuff. Can't even get a children's choir. How are we going to build a community life center? Hmm. Hey, you got a vision? Look at somebody and say, I got a vision. 
and, and look at them and tell them, and you can't stop mine. Hmm. Amen. You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor and author James Ford Jr. in a message entitled, When Things Don't Go My Way. We're going to get back to this message in just a moment. But if you ever miss part of a broadcast or maybe a previous message in our series, you can always come to our website and listen to each and every program there. You can simply stream the programs through your computer. You can download them as MP3s. Even order a copy on CD or sign up to begin podcasting the program. You'll find all those links when you come to treasuretruthradio.org. Well, let's get back to the message, When Things Don't Go My Way. Once again, here is Pastor Ford. See, I, I saw the far side, and it was really interesting. I cut this one out uh, because there were two Eskimos, and they were fishing. But the one Eskimo had cut a hole in the ice, like, like about this, you know, a hole like this. And he had a pole in there. But the other Eskimo in the second frame, there's only two frames. The second Eskimo had a hole, but it was shaped like a whale. And he had his pole. And the, and the caption said, expectation is motivation for participation. I like that. Wait a minute. Expectation is, is motivation for, you know why you're not involved? Because you don't have a vision. Because if you had a vision, expectation would be motivation for you to quit sitting on the premises and start standing on the promises and get busy for God. Look, 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 look. One preacher got famous with get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. I got to change that. Look at your name say, get busy, get busy, get busy, get busy, get busy. And so what's going on? He says, listen, now, now this is what he says. They were persuaded. I, I got to stop at that word because it's verification. Say, what do you need to keep your eyes on the prize? Two things, vision and verification. It says fully persuaded is one word. Let me tell you what it means in, in the Greek. It literally means this, to be swayed by your opinion because somebody else Talk you out of your opinion and into their opinion. You get that? Now, who talked them? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, uh, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, and Jacob. God did. God persuaded them. Now, here, let me tell you what it means. They didn't always believe it. So, <laughs> look, when you look at what they're saying, well, Paul used it one other time in Romans 8.38. He said, I am persuaded. Now, remember, Romans 8 starts off no condemnation and ends up no separation. That, and and in, in it, there are 15 reasons why we are eternally secure. I'm not going to talk about them. But anyway, he says, listen, listen, that what convinced them was this promise that God gave. So they kept sight of the promise. Okay, let me go back to my earlier illustration. The people who, who had 50% of the condos they saw something. It wasn't the condo in actuality or reality. It was the condo on the drawing. They had the draw. Okay, okay. Let, let, let me give you one illustration, then we'll go on and move on, because I'm done today with this one, whether I get done or not. Uh, how many of you ever heard of Florence Chadwick? Anybody ever heard of Florence Chadwick? Okay, let me tell you about her. 
This was a bad sister. She started swimming at three. I'm 60, can't swim. She entered her first contest at six. Now, not in a swimming pool, but at six years old, she enrolled in a rough water swimming meet. That's in, you know, rushing water, white water rafting without the raft. And she came in fourth place with all adults. Then at 11, she won her first contest in rough water swimming against all adults, including men. Now, when she came in fourth place earlier in her life, it was all women. But now at 11, first place, men and women. On August 8th, 1950, she crossed the English Channel in 13 hours and 20 minutes and set a new world's record. Ironically, she was rejected because they didn't know her in Britain. So when she put in her application, it was first rejected. And one year later, she crossed again in 16 hours and 22 minutes from England to France. And that's both ways. Set a new record. So she decided that what she was going to do in 1952, she wanted to be the first woman to ever attempt to swim from the coastline of California to the Catalina Islands. So she gets in the water with all the boats surrounding her, you know, there's sharks and jellyfish and all that kind of stuff, and she's swimming. For 15 hours, she's swimming. But then a thick fog came in, and she could not see the coastline. She told her mother, who was one of the boats, I may have to quit. And uh, finally, she swam one hour after she said that and said, pull me in. They pulled her in. You know, they found out, uh, Pastor Singleton, that she was only less than one mile from the coastline. They interviewed her. They said, why did you get in the boat and you were almost there? This is what she said. And I quote, quote, I couldn't see the coastline to determine how far I had to go. So not seeing it caused me to lose my motivation so I failed to reach my goal. I'm telling you, many of us as believers fail to fulfill our ministry and reach our goals for the same reason. Fog has caused us to lose our motivation. The fog of haters, the fog of problems, the fog of persecution, the fog of trials, the fog of individuals getting in our way, obscuring our view of what the goal is. But check this out. Two months later, she swam it and a man had swum it and had the record for it. She beat his record by two and a half hours. Look at somebody and say, that's a bad sister. Now, guess what? They said, wait a minute. You had fog last time, but it was more fog this time. How did you make it? I want to quote her. I don't even want to try to memorize. This is what she said. She said, and I quote, I made it because this time I had a picture in my mind of the shoreline so that even though I could not see it with my eyes, it was always in the forefront of my mind. Hey, what's in your mind? As a man thinketh in his heart, what, what dream are you? Come on, people. What, 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 what has God given you that you're holding on to that you won't let go? That it's a vision that you're going to see it through. What, what, what is it? Okay, let me move on. I'm going to give you these. I'm going to drop them. I ain't going to push them. 
Here you go. Here, here's the last six. Number three, keep the goal in sight. Keep trusting Jesus. Notice this last part of 13 and confess that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Now, let me just tell you the word confess is homo legale. Now, who remembers that word? Everybody should have their hands up. You want to know why? Because we ought to be using it all the time. Because 1 John 1, 9 says, if we homo legale our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And see, well, I don't know about you. I use that verse every, every day. Every day. You want to know why? Because I sin every day. In word, thought, mind, or deed, I, I sin every day. Every day I find myself saying, now, Lord, you said if I confess this as sin, that you will forgive me. Because what does it mean? It means to agree with God against myself. It means to agree with God what he said about it rather than what I feel about it or what Oprah said about it or what Steve Harvey said about it. Uh, God said this about it. I'm agreeing with God. Even though it's something I want to do or something that I did. So listen to what he's saying. And they did what? They agreed with God about the fact of who they were. Strangers and pilgrims. Now I ain't going to take the time to give you the etymology of both of those words. But the word stranger is translated foreigner. And we, we talk about that all the time. Uh, you know, allowing people from Mexico to come in. And people talk about, people tell me all the time, I shut them up real quick. Are they coming from Mexico taking our jobs? No, they're not. No, they're not. Because cause, uh, they come and they work. So, you know, no, no, don't, don't, don't go there with that. They work, you know. And so foreigners, but pilgrims, a sojourner, somebody who is a foreigner who's not going to stay. So they're saying this is who we are. We're agreeing with God about who we are against our circumstances. Man. You know, when the choice is between God and our circumstances, let's make sure that we choose God every time. Here, listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor James Ford Jr., our current series is entitled, We Walk by Faith. And you're going to find past broadcasts and additional resources when you come to our website. Just stop by treasuretruthradio.org. Well, whether your circumstances have you feeling good or they have you in a slump, we all have a common need. Each of us must continually be feeding off Scripture. You know, it's not enough to go to church and just hear your pastor preach once a week or to just simply tune in to these broadcasts. We need to make sure that we're spending time in God's presence on a daily basis studying His Word. And I know a lot of us may struggle to have daily quiet times. So we want to send you a book that's designed not only to help you stay accountable, but also to help you understand the Bible at a deeper level. The book's called Making Sense of the Bible. It's written by David Whitehead, and as you read his book, you're going to learn the tools that scholars use to read and understand the Bible, not as an intellectual exercise, but to connect with God through His Word. Plus, this book includes an easy-to-use daily Bible reading plan. So contact us today with a gift of any amount and request Making Sense of the Bible. Our number is 888-644-7660. Or go online to treasuretruthradio.org. Or if you prefer, you can send a check to Treasure Truth Radio, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. Well, thanks for giving to this listener-supported ministry. Again, our number is 888-644-7660, and our website is treasuretruthradio.org. Well, I'm Steve Hiller, and our producer is Amy Rios. We're going to jump back into this message tomorrow 
with more on what to do when things don't go my way. So join us for Treasure Truth, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.